welcome back to the show today i will once again be joined by josiah eberlin from the pondering politics youtube channel lots to get into starting off with this well the big news of course josiah is the fact that donald trump has been removed at least for the time being the colorado supreme court ruled that he'd be removed from the ballot in that state for engaging in insurrection of course the 14th amendment says you can't do that section three and even though it seems so clear so obvious that that's what he did he did provide aid or comfort to which is the language in the 14th amendment to insurrectionists we have all these responses from right-wingers so dishonest trying to assert otherwise and say this is anti-democratic even though it's upholding the constitution just like age restrictions or whatever it might be so with that being said i want to dive into some clips from an interview Lauren Boebert did on Newsmax. Brace yourself, starting with this one. Let's bring in Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert to weigh in. Notice the Colorado Congresswoman part of that intro. Congresswoman, tell us what you think happened at the Supreme Court. You know, your district court or lower court ruled against this idea of Supreme Court overturning. Tell us, what's your message to your own Supreme Court? Uh, well, I'm very, very much ashamed of our liberal Supreme Court here in Colorado. The decision to remove President Trump from the primary ballot in Colorado is a complete slap in the face to our constitutional republic. The party who says that they are there to protect democracy are um, undermining voters and voters' confidence in our elections. This is election interference to its fullest and nothing uh, but an act of fear from the left. They are terrified to have President Trump on the ballot because they know that he is going to win. I am deeply ashamed of the Colorado Liberal Supreme Court for putting politics ahead of the Constitution. Their entire case is built off of lies and personal vendettas. Uh, the people celebrating this move have no idea just how dangerous this is for our republic. So there it is. I will show another clip in just a second, but we'll jump in here to respond to that. Josiah, I'm just tired. I'm tired of all of it. I'm tired of us all seeing with our own eyes and hearing with our own ears what Trump did, what the purpose was behind him trying to stay in power. And he did all these different schemes, the fake elector scheme, the plan with Mike Pence, the pressuring of local officials. And when all that didn't work, he incited the mob to attack the Capitol to stop the certification of the election. All that happens. And for like two seconds, it seems like most people are going to say, that was horrible. That was an attempt to overthrow our lawful process. And now, almost unanimously, the Republican Party goes, huh? No, I don't know. I didn't see that. Yeah, and the projection, I mean, is, is extraordinary and typical of the modern-day Republican Party. Lauren Boebert constantly projects. Like, she talks about, you know, the steps that the Democratic Party is taking to stop uh, Donald Trump because we fear that Donald Trump will win. You could easily make the argument that that's what Donald Trump did in 2020 to keep Joe Biden from winning the election, you know, begging then-Attorney General Bill Barr to indict Donald Trump, or excuse me, to indict Joe Biden on Maria Bartiromo's Fox show. He did that publicly to say nothing of, as you said, the the post-election legal challenges, the fake elector scheme, the the all the stuff with Mike Pence. But the other interesting thing is this idea that Democrats are the one doing this. It was Republican voters who brought the lawsuit mm. to Colorado. It's Republicans who want to get rid of Donald Trump, and not because necessarily because of any policy disagreement, 
but because they don't think he's qualified because he is an insurrectionist who broke his oath of office. Sounds perfectly legitimate. Lots more to say, but first, here's more from the interview. The obvious question is, what happens when Trump gets the nomination? Are you going to play the same game for the general election in the state? We have seen time and time again that the left, that these extreme liberals stop at nothing. I'm sure that they will try to play as many games as possible to have their way uh, because a free and fair election doesn't get them the results that they want. So they will do anything that they can to try to interfere with the, with the upcoming election. And that is exactly what is happening in Colorado right now. I do want to note as well, there's a lot of rhetoric of, like you said, this is a liberal thing when it's not. This should be something that after Trump tried to block peaceful transfer power, all that was involved, including January 6th specifically, which was one part of a broader effort, but at issue specifically here, it should have been the whole country goes, whoa. People who didn't support him, obviously that's bad. People who did support him go, clearly, I have to back away from that now because we can't have somebody who hates our democratic process that much and values themselves so much more than our democratic process. But that's a big misnomer with this whole thing. Also, it's not a debate about whether or not people should have a say on their different, on the candidate they want, or this is a matter of the democratic. This is just, the only debate you can have is, does the constitution apply to Trump and what he did? I'm hearing a lot of this more abstract rhetoric of sort of, this is a matter of, do you think the court should decide, you know, if, like you said, over policy differences, someone should be on the ballot. It's none of those things. All of that is a distraction. All you can debate over is does the uh, 14th Amendment, Section 3 specifically, ap apply to Trump's actions, just like if someone's not a naturalized citizen or if somebody's not the correct age. Yeah, so there, <clears throat> there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, so first, as far as Lauren Boebert's concerned, more projection than a movie theater. I mean, it's insane. You know, this this idea that the left and liberals and Democrats have to intrude on free and fair elections because they don't get us the result that we want. Again, just complete revisionist history. She's actually referring to the Republican Party as we know it today. Then in terms of what you're talking about, I love it when conservative Republicans and MAGA cultists appeal to popular vote and popular opinion because they run from popular vote and popular opinion every chance they get, Luke. When was the last time they were on the winning side of an issue? Their views on abortion? Unpopular. Their views on gun control? Unpopular. Their views on the economy? Cutting taxes for the rich and corporations? Unpopular. Unpopular. Their views on social safety nets? Cutting Medicare, Medicaid, SNAP benefits, Social Security? Unpopular. 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 Mm. You take nine major policy positions. Republicans are on the losing side of nine out of 10 every time. Now, you say, well, listen, we really need, you know how we say we're not a democracy, we're a republic? Just kidding. In this situation, we're a, dem a democracy, not a republic. I, I don't understand how this works, but the fact of the matter is the Constitution has always constrained, always, since the ratification, has always constrained who people can vote for. You have to be 35 years old. You have to be a natural-born citizen. We can't vote for or expect to seat a 28-year-old foreign national. So that, that's – again, they just do a complete 180 whenever it's convenient for them. And that's why, to your audience, I say this. None of you should take this seriously at all. There's not a good-faith argument that the Re Republican Party has on this issue. Pure hypocrisy.
Absolutely. And I will note also someone like Michael Ludig, a renowned conservative former judge, says absolutely the facts align with this ruling from the Colorado uh, Supreme Court. But also one concern I've heard from people or I've heard some on the left who say Trump engaged in insurrection, but he shouldn't be removed from the ballot because it's going to make people mad or because we should be able to defeat him in the election. And I sympathize with, would it be more satisfying to defeat him in the election and so that boom, he's defeated into the dustbin of history. Like I get the urge there, but especially the people who I think are afraid that then the right will say it was stolen. It was rigged. They're going to do that no matter how Trump loses, if he does. And we don't get to choose when we uphold the constitution and when we don't. So again, that's the only debate. Does section three of the 14th amendment apply? If it does, it has to be upheld and Trump has to be removed from the ballot. And we'll let the courts decide that. But because we're afraid of MAGA freaking out, that can be a reason to go, well, ignore the constitution on this. So, so what's interesting is, I, I obviously I agree with you in principle, but what's interesting is I actually talked about this recently on Twitter because there, there are some, as you say, some uh, leftists and liberals who take that position. And I addressed one specific criticism from one specific popular commentator on Twitter. And my point was this, I actually think like Michael Ludig, like Lawrence Tribe, like William Bowd and Michael Stokes Paulson, the two conservative Section 3 scholars who wrote the original document, the law review, saying that Section 3 is self-executing, it does apply to Trump, et cetera, and so forth, the basis on which this entire lawsuit was made. I actually think it's a textbook case. I actually don't think you can make a good faith argument that Section 3 doesn't apply to Donald Trump unless you want to take the ludicrous position that the president of the United States is the one office exempt from Section 3, which again, the way I say it in my videos when I discuss it, it's like saying, Luke, I can't trust you with a butter knife, but here's a hand grenade instead. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. However, if you are a person who says, listen, you know, this is, there's a slippery slope here. How will MAGA react? I am actually, I can entertain that argument. I can actually entertain somebody saying, listen, for the greater good, we shouldn't pursue this end. But here's what I want to say, Luke. I, and I'm not saying I agree with it. I can at least entertain it. But here's what I want people to understand. If you enter, if you make that argument, if you make that case, Luke, that maybe we shouldn't pursue this Section 3 challenge to Trump's candidacy, you are admitting that for the greater good, Donald Trump should be put above the Constitution. Anyone who says, listen, we shouldn't pursue this case, but won't admit that in so doing, we are putting Donald Trump above the Constitution, it's a dishonest argument. If you want to make that case, if you're saying, listen, for the greater good, for social cohesion, we're, we're, you know, we're at the risk of civil war, whatever they're saying, the only way to do that is to put Donald Trump above the supreme law of the land, period. And I think it's as dangerous to advocate for that as the weird precedent that was set pre-Trump that presidents, ah, you can't really hold them accountable legally. And then you get a Trump who goes, oh, okay, looks like the law doesn't apply to me. So then he acted in that fashion. Same thing with this. The Constitution needs to be upheld so future 
Donald Trump like figures think twice before doing what he did. I will say, always want to be transparent. Don't be hoping, you can hope, don't be expecting this to work and then kind of sit back on your bum going into the 2024 election. Still make it your plan and priority to obviously vote, encourage others to get involved where you can, because most likely the Supreme Court will slap this down. That's my prediction, unfortunately. So Josiah, Ted Cruz appeared at this Turning Point USA, America Fest, something or another conservative convention. And I've seen a lot of people at these sorts of speeches, a lot of Republican senators and others take this as an opportunity to see how they'd be as a stand-up comedian and try to do humor, right? Deliver humor in a fashion that will really titillate the conservative audience. And I guess Ted Cruz was doing that, trying to be a funny guy. We're going to check in on how it went, uh, starting with this moment. Left is so bad. They're so unhappy. They're so pissed off. And by the way, if you were a liberal woman and you had to sleep with those weenies, you'd be pissed too. Josiah? I don't even know what to say. I, I don't even know what to say to that. That's, that's so awkward. I can't <sighs> handle secondhand embarrassment very well, just full disclosure to your audience. So when I see that and I hear that, that's gut-wrenching. That's awkward. Cringe personified. Uh, yeah, and I, I like to keep things, you know, some level of professional. I guess I'll you just say think, you would think strange United that States Ted Senator. Cruz. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I was just going to say Ted Cruz maybe isn't the best person to be speaking on such a subject, you know, how to appeal to women, um, I guess would be how I would put that. Yeah. Have you ever, I'm just trying to imagine like all the great rom-coms um, like Hitch with Will Smith when he plays a matchmaker, but it's Ted Cruz instead. So instead of Hitch, it's Cruz. Or if you ever watch Crazy Stupid Love with Ryan Gosling trying to teach Steve Carell how to be a charismatic ladies man, you would substitute Ted Cruz in for Ryan Gosling. Just mm. the unearned confidence of this person who, by the way, you know, he wants to talk about chivalry and, you know, this conservative sort of sex appeal. This is the man who openly endorsed the man who publicly insulted his wife mm. and has never looked back. And he's just throwing that out there. For lack of a better term, dumb little character he plays, and I'm, which you saw there. And also the moment you're referring to, he went on the debate stage. When he was running, uh, for those of you who don't know, against Donald Trump for president in the 2016 presidential primary, he went on stage after Trump alluded to his wife being ugly in some Twitter post and was like, you can come after me, but not my wife, which is true. I would say that too, like defend your you know, family. But then two seconds later, he's like, oh, would you, <laughs> would you vote for Trump? That iconic photo of him. Right, Trump did go. That's the thing. He he did he did the bluff. How dare you? Don't you dare? Yeah. You know, go after my wife. And then Trump went after his wife again, like because Trump's obviously not scared of Ted Cruz. I will say that that's probably the one 
maybe one of two talents Donald Trump has with respect to the Republican Party. He can read these loser elected Republicans better than anybody. He just knew that Ted Cruz would fold even when you insult his wife, his father, everything else. This man is a coward at heart. And here's him bravely, proudly mocking the horrible, I don't know, pronoun culture or something. Take a look. I introduced myself to the crowd. I said, I'm Ted Cruz, and my pronouns are kiss my ass. And I got to say, it was pretty wild because after I did that, Roseanne Barr, who was here, she put on a comedy special. And she stood up on TV and she said, I'm Roseanne Barr and my pronouns are kiss my ass. And I was like, hot diggity damn, I work in the Senate, but I get to write jokes for professional comedians on the side. Hot diggity damn. Just, <laughs> um, first of all, you don't work in the Senate. You work part-time as a senator, full-time as a podcaster. Second of all, how many times has he done that joke? And third of all, I'm so sick of it. Oh, you're so clever and you're such a rebel because you're saying my pronouns are things that aren't pronouns. <sighs> Sorry, yeah. you go. I know. No, I just, listen, so you've got what? A verb, an adjective, and a noun. <laughs> Did he say those are his pronouns, number one? Number two, again, this idea that it, it was, it's, 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 it's almost like, I don't know if you're if you remember this, but the when people used to try to bash trans people, they would say that their gender is an attack helicopter and stuff like that. And Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles used to giggle incessantly at that. And it just it, it it's a constantly like regurgitated line. And Ted Cruz has been doing this for a while now. And then my favorite part is that he's like, listen, my comedy prowess is validated because the lead actress of a sitcom from like 30 years ago used the line. Like Roseanne Barr is not Kevin Hart or like she's not like an A-list celebrity comedian these and days. So I don't as know, of what, are you, late, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's better known now for going on deranged, ridiculous rant at this event where she was like, communist? Uh what was the other she said caliphate just calling the left everything and clearly is not doing okay uh but cool she also thought kiss my ass was a funny set of quote-unquote pronouns but also get a life i was saying this on a recent bonus show care about things that impact a bunch of people's lives instead of obsessing as right-wingers do about all of these and i'm given i'm sure there's you know people across the political spectrum focus too much time on certain things that shouldn't be focused on so much but this like obsession with opposing people choosing to use certain pronouns or lead with them in a conversation or the obsession with drag queens when was the last time in your life ted cruz you bumped into a drag queen but drag queens drag queens drag queens focus on actual issues but see that's the thing the reason why the culture war works for them is because when they focus on the actual policies that impact millions of people, they lose time and time again, as uh, we talked about in a past segment, because their positions aren't popular. 
No, 100%. I mean, this is all they've got. I mean, it's it's the the shoes that the green M&M wears. It's, uh, you know, pronouns. It's Biden's coming for your gas stoves and stuff <laughs> like that. It's Biden's trying to limit how many beer. Oh, my. Do you remember? Do you remember that segment? I'm pretty sure it was either on OAN Newsmax or Fox News. He was doing an interview, and it was uh, their, that brief culture war flare in which Republicans were freaking out that Biden's beer czar was trying to limit the number of beer you can drink at night mm -hmm. when all it was was just health recommendations, which surgeons general always issue, always Democrat or Republican. Joe Biden is not coming to your house, kicking down the door and taking inventory of the beer in your fridge. But nevertheless, Ted Cruz was standing somewhere and he had a beer in his hand and he had like five guys behind him, cowboy hats. And he like stood to the side and he's like, and anyone who wants to take my beer from me, they can kiss my ass. And then in like, it was like the synchronized, synchronized dance move, something that you'd see on Broadway. They all drank their beer together. And like, he there was like a this lot long, about kiss my ass. Sorry. Really I know. Asking a lot of people to kiss his butt. They, they, I, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's so strange, but the best part about the beer thing was the awkward pause from the studio back in news. Yeah. You could just tell they were probably like... If they want us to drink two beers a week, frankly, they can kiss my ass. No, okay. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. That, that moment was one of those... <laughs> all out. Like, I started laughing at the absurdity of this whole beer freak out and then felt pain at how stupid it all was because it reminded me oh wait this is the game that's being played it's not fun and games they're focusing on this so their voters go my beer is going to be taken and they're not thinking about how their wages aren't increasing as much as they should be because of the lack of good policies because of the obstruction of people like ted cruz or the healthcare system is so broken because of people like ted cruz or all these issues aren't being solved because of people like ted cruz oh but he'll drink a beer and say kiss my ass to joe biden when joe biden wasn't gonna take a beer he wasn't <laughs> like you said it was saying what's the most healthy and it was a consideration about a recommendation they hadn't even made the recommendation yet should we decrease the number of beers that we say to people is the best if you're trying to live the most happy life. Hey, guess what? Probably if you're trying to live the most happy life, it's zero, just like zero candy or zero junk food. But we do those things anyways. It's just moderation. It's totally, ooh, okay, calm down. Well, the, the, the other thing I was gonna say, cause again, you, we could just keep going on and on about Ted Cruz, but the, you just said something that made me think. Again, all of the insults that he makes about Joe Biden and stuff like I just want to say that when he's in person with the president, you know what he and every other Republican do? Yes, sir, Mr. President. It's so like like they'd be thrown in a gulag if they you can actually insult, believe it or not, it is legal in the United States to disrespect the president. And these people talk about how brave they are and how much they hate Joe Biden. And they talk all kinds of smack when they're on the stage. And yet when he's in the Senate and he has to deal with the president, it's a completely different Ted Cruz. That's how you know, folks, it's pure performance. I'll actually give Marjorie Taylor Greene almost credit, Luke, in that respect, because she's one of the few that she's can like her You're giving credit contempt, to some strange people today. <laughs> I know, listen, I know that's gonna be clipped somewhere, but her contempt is at least sincere. I don't think it's fake. Ted Cruz is pure artifice. This man is a Harvard graduate who has litigated in front of the Supreme Court multiple times. He presents himself as this everyman of Texas mm. when in fact he's as elite as it gets. 
I'll say that for Marjorie Taylor Greene. As awful as she is, her awfulness is sincere. And this is why, by the way, that people used to say about Ted Cruz, like Lindsey Graham, his Republican Senate colleague, this is a quote. He said, if you were to kill Ted Cruz on the floor of the Senate and the trial was held in the Senate, nobody would convict you. That's yeah. how disliked this man like, is. There'd be no witnesses to. Um, yeah, it, I think his disingenuousness almost all politicians have some level of it, but takes it to that next level that even people who technically agree with him on the stuff he's saying can't stand him. Um, and I was actually talking to a Republican voter recently who said, I, I just hate Ted Cruz, even though I'm hardcore Republican. Was that and Ted Cruz's wife? Were it, you talking it was his to wife. Ted Cruz? You weren't supposed to tell. I told you that earlier. It was his wife. <laughs> um, you want to, before we go, plug your channel? Absolutely. Again, I appreciate the invitation, Luke. Folks, if you uh, like progressive commentary talking about how Democrats should be more ruthless and how the Republican Party has become an authoritarian cult of personality, you can find me at youtube.com slash at pondering politics, one word.